Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. Today's episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Freehand Books, your local independent book publisher. Freehand, based out of Calgary, has been publishing very good books since 2008. All of their authors are Canadian, and many are from right here in Alberta. On the Freehand Bookshelf, you'll find fabulous and award-winning novels, short story collections, memoirs, literary nonfiction, poetry, and graphic novels. So read local this year and read Freehand. You can find them at your favorite neighborhood bookstore or on their website, freehand-books.com. a start to the year so far <laughs> yes yeah it sure has if anybody thought that uh, things would be maybe a little easier going into 2022 <laughs> <laughs> you fools yeah that was not the case certainly for our household uh we've been dealing with some illness thankfully not covid but i mean right now everybody's out there dodging covid like neo in the matrix <laughs> it's uh real bad out there certainly locally so uh yeah it's uh it's a thing yeah it's a thing. <laughs> but the good news is uh, we can sit down, make a little pod, talk mm-hmm. about a book that we're enjoying for a little while. Forget about everything else for a little bit. For a little while. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. So um, short preamble, but we'll just kind of dive into a recap in which Jebby swaps out some keys and attempts to put into action an escape plan. An attempt is the underscored word here. <laughs> well, Jebby is not good at this. Yeah. This is not their purview. No. So an effort to conceal themselves using obfuscating magic works only so far until they are caught red-handed by all of their bosses. Yes. And it's very bad. That leads us into chapter 12 of Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee. So things are going to be a little different this week because the past few days have been a little tumultuous on our end. While we have both been able to read uh, the chapter and therefore have discussion topics about it, normally I've taken copious notes and can do a kind of play-by-play of the chapter. And I have not had the opportunity to do that this week. So whereas normally we are kind of doing like an in-depth dive in the chapter this week, it's going to be a real skim because <laughs> seat of our pants, everybody. We're we're kind of flying without a net this week, so if we do miss a few points, uh, hopefully we'll remember to maybe revisit them next week. But I'm largely going from memory, and I'm not referring to the notes that I usually have taken going into a week. So we'll be fine. The chapter does open more or less how you expected it would open last week with Jebby in jail. I was real close. I was voting tied to a chair. Not tied to a chair. Jebby was not tied to a chair, but they were in a prison cell. Yes. A nicer prison cell than they were in when they were thrown in community prison. (laughs) Yes. Now they're in armory prison. (laughs) Which is somehow better and yet so much worse. (laughs) Yeah. And they're faced with basically Hafandon and Vey right off the top. And Vey has the look of someone who is betrayed. Oh, yes. And Hafandon's like, you know what? You can just save us all a lot of trouble right now. 
if you just tell us what you're doing, what you think you're up to, because we would like to know. And then Jebby pretends to be tough and is like, no, I'm going to tell you nothing. Yeah. And then it, yeah. Again, Jebby, not good at this. Yeah. Now, they right off the top advocates that Jebby not be tortured and is just like, I'm kind of on the side of the intelligence ministry called the Ministry of Ornithology. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that. Put a pin in that. I don't think torture is a useful way to extract information from people. And Jebby's curious if this is like legit or if Vey is maybe kind of subtly advocating on their behalf. Hard to trying, figure it out. Trying to protect them a little bit. Yeah, hard hard to know. And Hafandon's like, well, I'll tell you what. We'll let you stew for a little bit. You decide if you're going to do this the easy way or the hard way. I'll get back to you. And a few days kind of pass. Jebby has the company of a dragon in their head. And that's it. More or less. Just two faceless automata, for the most part, outside the cell for a week, it turns out. Yes. Jebby loses track of the time, but a week has passed when we're revisited. Mm -hmm. But uh, they do get a little bit, as I say, of company from Arazi. Which I think is very much to uh, Jebby's advantage. This is the one secret that Jebby has kept from absolutely everybody. And I think it's going to not save them, but help them out a lot right yeah. here. Because a week in isolation is hard on the nerves. Yeah. Right? It's That's a tough thing for a human being, as we well know. But Jebby's not alone. Jebby has someone to talk to. And a little so bit, yeah. I like to think that Jebby has their wits about them a little more than they would otherwise. Well, other than just being not good at this in general, because they're not a hardened, like, spy. Exactly. Or a soldier. Or exactly. Anything. They are an artist. This yeah. is so outside of their zone. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. Now, amongst the conversations that Arazi and Jebby have, uh, we learn that Arazi did not escape, obviously. No. The keys were confiscated very quickly, and Arazi is back chained up in the hangar bay. But still with his mask on. Nobody has thought to take off the mask that Jebby put on it. Yeah, which is great. And so Arazi still is able to communicate because of that. And actually, at one point, thanks Jebby for that gift. And legitimately is like, look, if we were to escape, do you think that I'd be able to just like go and do my own thing? And Jebby's like, if I'm honest with you, most people would be like the minister, like Hafandin and Bonsunga. They'd try to use you to their own ends because you are a powerful thing. Arazi kind of considers that and is like, well, at the very least, you seem nice. And you were the one who gave me the opportunity to express myself for the first time. And for that, I thank you. And Jebby's like, Truth be told, I kind of had selfish motivations for that. And Arazi's like, hey, but you still did it. And that's something. And in Jebby's defense, they didn't know what was going to happen. True. They didn't know that Arazi had an independent mind. Had had in there. feelings and emotions. Yes, exactly. And a desire to express itself. So even though it was by accident, kind of. Yeah. It still happened. Yeah. And I don't think Jebby regrets it either. Oh, definitely not. Right? Even though it wasn't done on purpose for that intent. Yeah, yeah. It still happened, and it was a positive. Absolutely. So I don't think Jebby should feel bad about that. No, but I mean, with self-reflection and a little removed from the moment, Jebby is willing to admit, I did have a selfish motivation for it. But Arazi's understanding, at the very least, and it's like, the fact is, you still did the thing. And then didn't undo the thing. Yeah, you could have undone it, exactly. It didn't do the thing. 
So as we say, a week passes. Jebby is able to kind of keep from going totally stir crazy. And then Hafandon comes back with some goons, basically. And is like, all right. <laughs> Hired goons. I know everybody is like, shouldn't torture you, but you're not talking. And we're kind of on a schedule. So I'm going to torture you. Jebby attempts to action movie this moment. The guards <laughs> open the door and Jebby rushes them and just is immediately knocked flat. Yes, this because... is why squishy wizards don't run at the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jebby is not in an action movie, unfortunately. No! So it it goes about as well as expected. And Jebby is, like, beaten up pretty badly by the guards. Vey is not there, and I suspect that Vey is not there because Vey might have interceded. Possibly. And Hefandin knows that, uh, maybe, or at least suspects that Vey has a soft spot for Jebby. And there is a pointed reason why the Duelist Prime was not present for this. Yes. That is my suspicion. Mm -hmm. Well, also, uh, I don't imagine that torture is necessarily in Vey's wheelhouse either. I mean, Vey pretty expressly says that it's not. Right. um, There is another possibility, though. It's a little more insidious. Hafandin might be trying to bad cop Jebby, and then Vey's going to show up next chapter and try to good cop Jebby. Ooh, I didn't think of that. Maybe. That is a possibility, but mm-hmm. that would that would that would require betrayal on Vey's behalf, and Vey seems like a much more honorable person than that. Uh, so I think it's less likely, but not impossible. Uh, making the noise. Nita's making the noise. It is not completely beyond reason to me that Vey could be turned, and if Vey shows up, that it's possible that she is tr- trustworthy. And genuinely there to help Jebby. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that's a possibility. Or they could be good copying it. Like, I wouldn't trust it either way because you just don't know. Yeah. And I mean, we Jebby's... don't even know if that's going to happen. We're crazy speculating at this point. Jebby's also in a very paranoid position at the moment. <laughs> yes. And rightly so. Yeah. Right? They're kind of uh, behind enemy lines. Indeed. If you will. And this is kind of where we, we hit a bit of a twist. After Jebby's been beaten up and and not been willing to really divulge much, does give up perhaps a little too much, but not everything. Hafandin, first of all, is like, listen, there's very little you could tell me about Bongsunga that I don't already know, because we've been watching Bongsunga. We are aware of who Bongsunga is. My concern is she's getting real cozy with the Westerners because they're a bad problem. And if you think we're bad, they're worse. And Jebby's like, yeah, but they're not the ones who are currently here oppressing us. And Hefandon's like, that's really naive of you. And Jebby replies with something along the lines of, uh, if you think that uh, I'm willing to cooperate with you because you're going to threaten Bongsunga. And Hefandon's like, you are so blind to what's going on. You literally have it backwards. I have you here because you are leverage over her. Yeah. You think that I couldn't have gone and gotten a willing artist, maybe an actual Rosani artist, to work on this project? Because I could have. I didn't need to coerce you into doing this. I'm doing this as a favor to the Ministry of Ornithology so that I have you in my back pocket, so that I have leverage on her. Twist. Twist. And then Jebby's like, what? Oh, and just... Mind explode. It might be a little deflating, too, because all this time, Jebby's been working under the impression that they're very important. And it turns out, no, no, no. Bongsunga is very important. Jebby is very important. Just not the way they thought. Just not at all in the way they thought. Yeah. <laughs> not even a little bit. So here's what all of this means to me. We've been laboring for 12 chapters mm-hmm. under the assumption that Jebby has done something 
really stupid and that they have screwed up. They've taken a job with the enemy, right? They've tried to break out a dragon, which has gone horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. They've gotten themselves thrown in prison twice in two days. And beaten up pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, More than two days, but still. Thrown in prison twice. They've been beaten up and they're doing all of this to protect their sister. And then they find out that they have it all wrong. Yeah. That it's all backwards. Jebby's not the one that screwed up. Bongsunga is. Bongsunga's the one that screwed up. Yep. This isn't Jebby's fault. This is Bongsunga's fault. She's the one that screwed it up. She's the one that let Jebby go. And allowed Jebby to get snatched up. Yeah. Because of it. Yeah. She's the one who didn't tell Jebby anything, for better or for worse, right? There's pros and cons to that, right? There's plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. But, okay, the Spider-Man problem again. By not telling Jebby anything... They put Jebby in danger. They put Jebby in danger. Yeah. She put Jebby in danger. So it's this horrible back and forth, but it all leads down to right now in this moment, it's all Bongsunga's fault. And unfortunately, it's Jebby who's the one getting beaten up right now because of it. Yeah. Well, and we've learned that Jebby can now take a punch. Kinda. They're, oh no, they're not in good shape. <laughs> don't, don't misunderstand. I'm, I've been very clear. They are not in good shape. But they're not dead. But right? also, they took, they took the, that beating pretty well. They were expressly not being beaten to death, though. Oh no! I'm going to point that out. If this they was... wanted Jebby dead, they would have killed Jebby long time ago. Jebby gets the impression that Hefandin brings two goons who are used to this kind of work, and they're getting worked over by professionals. These are two people who know exactly just how much beating they can give without you dying on them. Yeah, and that is intentional. Hefandin needs Jebby alive. But doesn't need Jebby in one piece. No, a dead Jebby is not nearly as useful. Well, and then Hefandon would possibly be in trouble with this much more scary sounding ministry. Yes. The Ministry of Ornithology. Let's talk about that pin, shall we? Yeah. So uh, interesting that the spy network is called the Ministry of Ornithology, because ornithology (laughs) is, of course, the study of birds. Uh Uh-huh. So what are the birds telling them? (laughs) Do they have robot birds that are spying on people? I love that there is an entire ministry of the government based off the phrase, a little bird told me. Yeah, it's very Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, Varys and his little birds. Yes, except with a very strong uh, Korean base as opposed to a European base. Well, and it kind of tracks a little too. Uh, so far, most of the ministries that we've heard of from uh, the Rosani Empire have very flowery and innocuous sounding names that hide very... Uh, dark and sinister actual activities. Yes. The Ministry of Armor is involved in building weapons of war. The the Ministry of Ornithology are a bunch of spies. The Ministry of Art is the propaganda arm. Like, it's all very carefully cultivated to sound very respectable, but Mm -hmm. these ministries are actually all involved in some pretty dirty work. But it's all the the coded facade for... Well, and that... That tracks because this is a culture that's very big on kind of like appearances and maintaining face. Yeah. I mean, the ministries all have their own duelist to maintain their honor, right? Uh So each ministry, therefore, has a forward-facing face that is very proper and very courteous and very innocuous, but is doing all their dirty work kind of behind their back. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, So a couple of things occurred to me, Mm -hmm. not chapter specific, but story specific. Every ministry has a duelist prime. Does it have 
secondary duelists? My guess is yes. What happens if the duelist prime dies? He needs someone else in the wings. Yeah. Who can step up. So there are multiple duelists. My, my guess is that there is a cadre of duelists who work for every ministry, but the duelist prime is the head duelist. Which makes sense. Yeah. Head of the department, if you will. Kind of, yeah. Second question. And maybe it's just me not remembering things very well. Vey's last duel mm-hmm. with ex-boyfriend, what's his face? Yeah. What was it about? Uh, it has not been explained yet. I Jebby, wonder what they were dueling over. Jebby, as usual, was not interested in the details mm. and uh, actually managed to insult the uh, person who they were getting information from before they got that information. I remember the insult, yes. So we never actually did find out exactly what it was for. They had heard some rumor that it might have been an ex-boyfriend, an ex-lover thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it was more than that. We also don't know if the ex-boyfriend was part of another ministry and it was an inter-ministry thing. So, right? hard to say. So, I'm curious about that and whether or not it actually affects the story or will affect the story in the future. I mean, it's possible. There's definitely some inter-ministry politics going on. Armor is doing a favor to the Ministry of Ornithology, and Hafandid doesn't seem super happy about it, if I'm honest. Mm. Hafandid doesn't seem super happy about a lot of things, though. I mean, he's got bigger fish to fry. Just Western not... fish. He has Western fish to fry. <laughs> He's just not a happy guy. I don't know. He had a pretty good laugh this episode. <laughs> he had a light chuckle. He had he had a laugh that left him wheezing so hard that Jebby, having been beaten into submission, <laughs> actually felt bad for him for a moment. <laughs> like, what's so was, funny? No, legitimately was like, oh my God, is he going to be okay? Like they're lying on the ground <laughs> bleeding with broken ribs and they're like, I, I don't think Hafandon's going to be well. <laughs> yeah, but that's Jebby being Jebby. Jebby. Yeah. And it's... They, they is how they is. They is how they is. <laughs> that is, I think, the perfect capstone to this episode. Yes. So perhaps we'll find out if uh, is going to come to the rescue or play good cop or what the heck. Yeah, I don't know where this next one's going to go. As we move into chapter 13, you'll want to read up on that in time for next week. In the meantime... We plug a lot of other podcasts here on the Alberta Podcast Network, primarily the Well-Endowed Podcast, because they're a frequent sponsor for our episodes. Um, but every now and then, we like to give a shout out to podcasts that aren't even members of the Alberta Podcast Network, aren't direct sponsors of it, but are worthwhile podcasts that uh, are doing often a community service. And uh, wouldn't you know it, but the Well-Endowed Podcast's own Edmonton Community Foundation is uh, the very source giving these podcasts an opportunity to get the recognition that they deserve. Anita's going to tell you about one of them right now. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a PodPower shout-out to Book Women. Book Women is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. Guests include Indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca. Book women. More women, more books. I love it. Always good. Uh, You can, of course, check out the member podcasts of the network as well right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Lots of amazing content being put out by some very creative, very intelligent people. uh, Much more intelligent than either of us. (laughs) Uh, Once you find a podcast you like, you can download it on your podcatcher of choice. Hey, 
Wouldn't you know it, that's probably where you're catching our podcast. Oh, goodness, I hope so. You could maybe give us a little rating and review while you're there. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? That definitely would help us out a little bit. You can also reach out to us on social media. Absolutely. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. At the Read Along and all of the above, we'd be happy to chat with you. For sure. And uh, you can also reach out to us on email. Yes, we are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much. See you next time. Stay warm, everybody. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.